What's up? Welcome to Faith and Other F-Words Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Martin. I'm a corporate hustler, wellness coach, and honestly, just a girl tired of seeing faith misappropriated. So let's change that. Think of us sitting on my couch, drinking wine, having those deep, raw, intellectual combos only have with your closest, smartest girlfriends. No scripture verses, no condemning, no regurgitation of doctrine. Believe me, I'm still trying to figure it out too. But at the end of the day, I know it's these combos that bring us closer to discovering and fulfilling the freaking purpose God's placed into your soul. You ready to drop some F words? Let's go. Okay, we are back. I'm very excited for today's episode because it's a bit of a pep talk for me. It's a bit of a pep talk for you and your best friend and basically anybody and everybody because I feel like at any point in our life, you can relate to this. This feeling of feeling stuck, either at your job, in your relationship, in your own family dynamic, in your marriage, in your house, in, you know, just anywhere, there's so many times where we can feel stuck. And I'm at a point right now where I'm transitioning from a corporate job and I'm going to be starting my own marketing company. And there's a lot of feelings of imposter syndrome. And I feel like I've tried to kind of semi start a business before and I've never really fully gotten there. And I've been, um, waddling, for lack of a better word, or straddling this line of like being a W-2 corporate person and also always having side businesses. And I'm kind of feeling stuck in that straddle, if you will. And I just felt like today's pep talk was really freaking necessary. So look at your feet. Do you notice something? Those aren't roots, right? You're not a tree. You're not rooted. You're not planted permanently anywhere. So if you feel stuck, here's the good news. You are in control of your own life. If you're feeling stuck, that's amazing. I know, you're like, what the hell? What? That doesn't make any sense. Here's why. This feeling stuckness is an opportunity for you to reframe the circumstances that you're in from oh, poor me, I'm so upset about this, blah, 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 to where can I take this? This stage in your life is an opportunity for change, for improvement. You're in a marker of your life right now. You know, when you're listening to a podcast or a YouTube video, you like fast forward and sometimes they have the little timestamps and there's a marker to tell you what's happening in the video. If you were to fast forward right now to the end of your life, this is a marker in that YouTube video that you're like, oh, I was feeling stuck there, right? This is the opportunity to look at your life or whatever situation you're in that you feel stuck in and be like, okay, where can I take this? What can I do with this? If there's something that you're unhappy with, this is the analysis part of your life where you decide the next thing or the thing that you want to create or the thing that you want to fix. If you're stuck in it, whatever it is, what does unstuck look like then? 
Now, if you're just indecisive, that's a whole nother story. I've got a podcast episode for you called Listening to Your Authentic Self. That'll really help you. But most of the time, you know what you want and where you'd rather be. The indecisiveness is not about what you want the future to look like or what you want the situation to look like. It's pretty easy for us to have an imagination and to dream about positivity. But indecisiveness is more about a lack of action and a lack of responsibility. Because that's the hard part, right? Is The hard part is taking the action and the responsibility to make that future happen or to make that better alternative a reality. We'll say, people will say, you know, I want a better marriage. Okay, are you willing to do the fucking work? Are you willing to go to therapy? Are you willing to have hard conversations with your partner and with yourself? Are you willing to look at your actions and your toxic behaviors and the contributions that you're having on your marriage? Are you willing to do what that takes, the actions and the responsibility of it? People will say, you know, I want a better paying job or I don't like where I'm at right now in my career. Okay. Are you willing to invest in your resume? Are you willing to spend hours applying to jobs? Are you willing to take a certification class to um, improve your resume and add to your qualifications? Are you willing to go to networking events? Are you willing to be an active participant in your LinkedIn profile? Are you willing to do the psychological work involved in removing imposter syndrome and to believe that you actually deserve more? These are the hard parts. People will say things like, I want a different house or I want a bigger house. Okay, are you willing to save money or increase your income to buy that bigger sized house or to move to a different part of the neighborhood or to move across the country or to live in a different state or a different country or whatever it might be? Are you willing to do the hard work involved in making that a reality? People will say, I want to start my own business. Okay. Are you willing to invest the time and all of the sacrifices involved to make that a reality? Are you willing to do earlier nights, excuse me, earlier mornings, later nights, working on weekends, researching, failing, learning? Are you ready for all the naysayers that are going to shit on your idea or shit on your business? Are you ready for the risk that is involved with that? Are you willing to do what it takes? Here's one that I think is very prevalent. I want my husband to stop drinking or I want so-and-so to cut back on their weed intake or I want them to quit drugs, you know, anybody who's an addict. So let's take the husband example. Are you willing to set boundaries necessary for them to get help? Are you going to stop buying them booze every time you go grocery shopping? Are you going to have a sit-down conversation with them and lovingly express how you're feeling without shaming, embarrassing them, or antagonizing them? Are you going to go to therapy to work on your own feelings? Are you willing to have an intervention with them? Are you willing to do what it takes on your end to support, love, and unenable them? That one's a really hard one. I feel like a lot of people feel stuck with somebody who's an addict, whether it's their significant other or a sibling or a parent or a family member, that is probably one of the hardest things to deal with. And that is something where you can definitely feel stuck in because a lot of that, it feels like it's out of your control. But in reality, there are things that you can control to create boundaries and 
impact and influence their sobriety or their improvement or their toxic behavior with using substances to either numb out or to, as a coping mechanism or whatever it might be. But this is a big one that I see people really struggling when they're feeling stuck and the victim mentality that comes with it. It's like, no, you don't have to deal with that. And I understand that when it's somebody in your household, it's much more difficult to create distinct boundaries and to create space. And it's a much more complex uh, situation because of proximity and emotions and all this stuff. But at the same time, you are control of your life and you do not have to be stuck in that situation. You are choosing to be there. And this is what I'm like super passionate about. If you listen to this podcast, I have an addict uh, brother and I had an ad- I had an alcoholic grandmother. Like I am very well aware of uh, addict behavior and that feeling of desperation and feeling stuck. But there came a time in my life where I took control of my own participation in it and my healthy boundaries and my uh, unraveling of my toxic patterns and behaviors helped to influence them in a positive way so that they could attempt to get their shit together. And it made my life and my own peace of mind so much better because I was able to exert those boundaries and to take action and take responsibility for my part in it. And this is, like I said, this one's really passions me up. Um, you know, there's multiple instances of this outside of the examples that I gave you. You know, people will say, I want so-and-so to treat me better. I don't like the way my mom, my, the way my mom talks to me. Um, I don't like that people say racist things to me. I don't, you know, it can go in so many ways. But at the end of the day, you're in control, right? Oh, I've got a sneeze. <gasps> False alarm. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so often I feel like we create this narrative of ourselves as the martyr, especially in Christian communities, we equate forgiveness and virtues of the Bible with essentially getting walked all over or being passive participants in our life, in our lives. People will stay in relationships, jobs, homes, and lives that they don't deserve or hate (laughs) Because they think they're doing what God called them to do or, quote, what I'm being a good Christian. And in reality, that's all contextual, right? Sometimes you are called to go through challenging things by God, but more than likely, you're being called by God to grow into something and to grow into your character, not to remain planted in fucking misery, like this one, people do this all the time. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I've been called by God to be a good wife. And it's like, your husband is a raging alcoholic who treats you like shit and is doing all these horrific things. He is not honoring his commitment to his marriage. And yet you're the only one upholding this and you're getting treated like shit. And you think God called you to do this. That makes no fucking sense to me at all. That doesn't seem like a character building thing. That doesn't mean that doesn't sound like what I think God has created you to do to be your best self and to bring your unique talents and gifts to the world. You being treated like shit by your partner is not okay. And you're allowing it to happen because we're Christianizing or spiritualizing being a martyr when in reality that is not the truth of it. 
Yes, you can love them. Yes, you can support them. Yes, you have a commitment, but that commitment doesn't mean you get walked all over. And I know I'm putting this in a lot of like relationship um, circumstances, but I think that one's the easiest to see that we do. Uh, So yeah, I think we often spiritualize our life and we optimistically want God to do everything for us. But in reality, this is your fucking life. God is here for you, but he's not going to create the life that you want. And he's going to support you and love you through all of your mistakes and all of your choices and all of the things. But you have free will for a reason. Fucking use it and stop wishing or spiritualizing that your dream life is just going to occur. The feeling of stuck is your soul calling you to level up. It's your subconscious going, dude, what the fuck are we doing? This isn't what we're called to do. It's like, knock, knock, knock. The feeling of stuck is knowing that you want more and knowing that you're capable of it. It's your soul knocking to let out that trapped passion, zest, and love for life to just come out. So, again, look at your feet. They're free. So is your soul. You're not stuck, babe. You're free and you're empowered by God to do anything and everything you've ever wanted in your life. So if there's any part of you or any part of your life that feels like it's less than what you want or deserve, create a plan to take action on it. Be willing to do the work and be willing to take responsibility for it. You've got the greatest thing on your side, God and the unique gifts and talents he's given you and only you. So go do some epic shit with it and start living the life you've always wanted. You're not stuck. You're free.